good to be free from unforgiveness, bitterness, anxiety, Amen. troubled mind. <laughs> God is a good God, amen. He wants us to be free, amen. And I, and I believe that's the thing that most of the church hasn't got to the point yet, that God loves you. God wants to forgive you. God wants to give you the peace you need. I don't serve a dead God, Blackie. I serve a living God, a God of grace and mercy. That wherever I go through, man, whatever I face, he's with us. Even in the times we live in, in the dark times we have now, the church, the body of Christ can find peace with God. And they got some lot of mess going on out there, praise God. But you know what? It don't have to be your world. <laughs> My world is Jesus and him coming back. Amen. Amen. Here he come on. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, I, I, I'm going to read something to you this morning. Uh, I was, well, let me go ahead and pray. Get ahead of myself. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord, for this morning. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the songs that we're saying this morning. God, please forgive us. And when you was on that cross, we was on your mind, Lord God. I thank you for what you've done in saving us and paying that ultimate price for us, Lord. Got to remember words that we said years ago. Don't never preach without a way out. There is a way out, and that's Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. God is a good God. Amen. I was reading a little bit, and I'm going to kind of brush over it because I don't want to Give a mixed message this morning. You know, reading through the book of Genesis in chapter 18, if you want to turn there a minute, and uh, Abraham was outside of his tent, man. And all of a sudden, he saw three men. And he recognized one as the Lord. And I, I believe that's what we call a Christophany. It's where Jesus appeared to Abraham. Because he called him Lord. And he invited him into his tent. Or in front of his tent. And Abraham is sitting there. And, and Abraham is. These angels and, and Christ. Those two angels apparently. And, and Jesus himself. And he's sitting there. And he's reminding him. Of a promise. That God made him. <laughs> I feel the presence of God. <laughs> He's reminding him of a promise that you was going to be a father of many nations. That I'm going to give you a son through Sarah, his wife. Now wait, Sarah's 90 years old. Abraham's about 100 years old. And he's reminding him that he's going to send his son. And all of a sudden, Sarah laughs in the tent. She's probably saying, these people are crazy. <laughs> I'm barren. I'm 90 years old. How am I going to have a baby? And they told Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Sarah said, I didn't laugh. Oh, yes, you did. How many of God told you something today? You would laugh at him? <laughs> Come on. Listen, I, I, God would speak to you today and say, Ray, Yvette's going to have a baby. <laughs> Look, he just did it. <laughs> huh. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he laughed. She laughed. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I said, why did Sarah laugh? Is there anything too hard for God? You know, God has been drilling in my spirit. What is faith? Faith is in believing what God says, right? So if God says it, then it's right. My Lord, I feel like preaching a little bit, Sister Kat. <laughs> if God says it, then it's right. So, and I'm, I'm, I'm just going to brush on this. Abraham was told by these angels that God was going to execute judgment on Sodom. And God, and, and Abraham knows lots in that city. His nephew, which had left Abraham because there was too much... They had too much herds and couldn't dwell together. So Lot chose the, the plains of Jordan. He stole the, the plains along the Dead Sea. See, just because something's green, that don't mean there's not a cesspool underneath it. Right? So he goes and he pitches his tent towards Sodom. And after a while, guess what? He's in Sodom. Don't believe for one minute the devil... Listen, it's promising you something green when he has a cesspool underneath it. Satan is not as a deceiver, a great deceiver. If he's pointing you towards sin, he's going to lead you into it. Come on, Jesus. Hallelujah. You might not like to hear that. Praise God. It prides in your heart this morning. Believe me, it started where you, where you pitched your tent somewhere. After a while, you was right in it. I want to talk about the promise he made to Abraham, Okay. The promise that he would spare the city if he can find 50 righteous. Now, he's, Abraham is bargaining with God. He's trying to get Lot out of the city. He's trying to say, God, he knew what he wanted. He, his, his nephew was there with his family, and he loved him. He said, Lord, if you can find 50 righteous, would you spare it? He said, if I can find 50 righteous in the city. I would spare it. Then he bargained with God. He went down to 10. Let me tell you something. I personally, not just me, you take it for what you think. The only reason that New Orleans is not sunk into the Gulf of Mexico today is because of the church that's there. Because I know they got more than 50 righteous there. Or more than 10 righteous there. The only reason San Francisco, the gay capital of the world, ain't sunk in an earthquake is because they got a church there. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I was watching the other day. They bought Las Vegas on it. They call it the sin capital of the world. That's what they call it. The blaspheme, the mock God, mock sin, laugh at it. The only reason they're still standing because there's some believers there. God made a promise to Abraham. I would not destroy it if I can find ten righteous in the place. We're living in a dark time in America, seriously. And God is expecting us to hold to his word. Listen, I can't live for God, for my wife. I can be an example, but she's going to have to choose to serve God herself. She's going to have to choose to make a commitment that she's going to believe the Lord herself. And if I got a hold of that word and that response to be to believe God, she has to do the very same thing. You have to do the very same thing, Right? And I'm not going into the whole story because it would take me too long. Lot was delivered out of Sodom. Remember the story? The angels went in there and got Lot. Had to drag him out, Black. 
He didn't want to let go of his sin. <laughs> they had to drag him out, him and his wife and his daughters. And God judged sin. But you see, for you, you're in Abraham's camp, all right? Come on, somebody. Now, as a believer, he said, Bible says Abraham believed God and it was accounted on him to righteousness. So Abraham was saved because he believed God. He had the right way because he believed God. What, what did God tell Abraham? He said, trust me and I'll make you a father of many nations. Believe me and I'll give you a son through Sarah. And it goes on and on. The promises of God were made to Abraham. Now, I'm going to read you a scripture, okay? I caught, it was, it was, it was the other morning, I mean the other night. Well, God promises that he would protect us. This is, this is a, a, a scripture out of Psalms 119, verse 11, where it says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I will not sin against you. So, so God is speaking to us today as Christians, as believers, the word keeps us from sin. The word guards us from this, the sins of this world. If God gives us a word, if he gives us a word from, his, from, the, from, his, from the Bible and tells you something is sin, then you protect that word and you put it in your heart. Then, then you, you, won't, you won't sin. You won't go against God. Unfortunately, we do sometimes, okay? But that word is sown there to keep you from sin. Somebody say amen or ouch or something. Amen. If you don't know what it says, you're going to sin. Come on, somebody. How are you going to know thou shalt not if you don't read the Ten Commandments? The Ten Commandments are built, and it's the character of God. That's, that's, that's what the Ten Commandments is, the very character and nature of God. To keep us from sin, right? There's no salvation in the Ten Commandments, but it is who God is. <laughs> it's, it, it tells you thou shalt not. Like I said, it's not Ten Opinions, it's Ten Commandments. Not what God thinks you should do. It's thus said the Lord, right? So how did I know what is sin unless I found out what God said? How does God feel about adultery? How does God feel about liars? liars? How does God feel about pride? How, how does God feel about sin? Thy word have I hidden my heart. Don't I not sin again? Now watch, I'm going to share something with you. I wouldn't expect it to go this way. Let's look at the sin of worry. <laughs> we all have done it, right? Let's look at the, 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 the sin of, 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 you know, of worry, fear. We look at sin today and we say, well, adultery is a sin, lying is a sin. Well, worry is too. And we're all guilty, right? I committed that sin just a couple of days ago. <laughs> And I said, Lord, I have forgiven me. What is fear? Fear is faith in the devil. <laughs> what is faith? Faith is fear in God. Amen. Right? Y'all didn't hear me? <laughs> okay. Fear is faith in the devil. But faith is fear in God. You know, all our life as Christians, we heard the word faith spoken many, 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 many times. But never understanding what faith is. 
It takes faith to walk, for, walk with the Lord. It takes faith to obey his word. It takes faith not to sin. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. We think faith is just to get something from God. Oh, I have faith the Lord's going to pay off my debt. Well, that's fine. That's good. What about faith to walk a holy life? What about faith to forgive others? What about faith not to worry or have fear? Huh? Listen, I'm not condemning you. I have done it. I have, as a Christian, I failed God in this area many times. But just recently, God has been teaching me. God, your, my word says this, son. If I've spoken it, it's settled in heaven. If God says he can take care of all your fears and, and meet your needs and, and, and protect you, that's in the word of God. First Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Come on, somebody. Who cares for you? Jesus. Who cares for you? The Father. Cast thy burdens upon the Lord. He shall sustain you. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. As for me, I will call upon God. And the Lord will save me. Evening and morning and noontime will I pray. I'll pray out aloud. I will lift my voice. <laughs> God is good. God hears us when we pray. How many pray just to pray or pray to hear from God? Uh, I said, um, my mama answered right, but how many of us just pray to pray? Or we pray to hear from God, get answers from God? Most of you in, in this room had a religious start. Well, you learned certain prayers and you said, I had to say it certain ways. But nothing changed in your heart, right? You know? Nothing, you said prayers that were taught to you by your priest or your preacher or, or somebody like that, but nothing changed in your heart because you were never taught how to pray. <laughs> Come on. When Jesus said, told his disciples, he said, they asked him, show us how to pray. Didn't show, say, show us how to pray, how to pray. Show us how to pray. And he quoted the famous prayer of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thou should be done on earth and in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive those in debt against. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the glory and the power and, and forever and ever. Jesus taught his disciples how to pray. He didn't teach them to pray. How to pray. When you go to God, you got to understand God is glorious. God is holy. He's, he's all powerful. We're going to forgive others as, as, as he's forgiven us. We have to forgive their debts as he's forgiven our debts. Hallelujah. Debt don't mean money debt. It means forgiveness. And God is teaching us every day to learn how to pray. <laughs> how to pray. Cast all your cares upon him for he cares for you. That's showing us how to pray. God wants us to take the needs and the worries that we go before, before him with. He wants us to take every trouble and every trial. He everything we face. Everything that's going on in our life right now, this very minute, that's, that's weighing you down and burning you down. He wants you to take it to him. Hallelujah. 
Listen, when things like that happen, you feel the forgiveness of God. You feel the peace of God. You feel the weight lifted off, praise God, because God is faithful. He don't want you to be a church goer. He wants you to be the church. The church operates in the power of the Holy Spirit and the grace of God, the forgiveness and mercy of God. That's how we operate, to trust in his word. I, like, I love praying in tongues, but tongues don't bring freedom. Come on, somebody. I love the Ten Commandments, but when I'm in trouble, I don't like the Ten Commandments to put its arm around me because I won't find a peace. Because it's there to judge me if I don't straighten my life out. But Jesus comes. When he comes, he puts his arm around you. feel it. You feel the presence of God. You feel the peace of God. You feel the love of God. You feel the forgiveness of God. Let me just read to you this morning, okay? Trust me, you can write them down if you want. And John 14, 1 says, let not your heart be troubled. That sounds Jesus saying, don't worry. <laughs> I believe God is trying to get us into a place where we can trust completely in what he said. If you're serving me, don't worry. You know, he said, I've overcome the world. Be of good courage. So he's telling us, I've done it for you. It don't mean you're not going to have trouble. It don't mean you're not going to have a little anxiety and worry sometimes. That's, you know, that's going to happen. But we have to stop when that happens and say, Jesus, lift this burden. Lift this from me. Let me feel your grace and your mercy. Hallelujah. And it all starts with what? Hiding God's word in your heart. If God has said it, it settles it. Amen. There's nothing's going to change it. Praise God. God has spoken it. It's going to sell it. Nothing's going to change it. How do I know what God says? Go open that book and look for yourself. Find the word of God. Find what it says. And if you want to be free, amen, you can have it today. All you have to do is believe what he said. I don't know about you, but I go through some anxiety. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and you know what? I have to stop myself and say, God, I have to trust you. Because that's just flesh. Flesh is always going to go opposite from what God says. Amen? Amen? It don't mean you're not going to heaven. Listen to me, praise God. I'm not here to say, listen, when you realize you're being defeated by the devil, you need to stop and ask why. What did Jesus defeat the devil with? When he went 40 days into the mount with the word of God. The devil said, it is written. But Jesus said, it is written. Thou shalt not live by bread alone. But every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. <laughs> Ooh, that'll preach, brother. Every word? I'm to believe everything God says, Sister Madeline? <laughs> we're defeated when we're not going to accept every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Well, I want this, but I don't want this. God don't know what I'm going through. Oh, come on, be for real. <laughs> you see, the thing is about us, we don't know how to use what God gave us. Come on. Sometimes we don't see how saved we are. We don't understand what we gained by accepting Jesus. We don't understand the promises that he gives for those that are struggling. For those that are Christians, I struggle. I'm, I'll be honest with you. But you know what? We don't, we, if we stop and say, God, I trust you. You promised in your word. Who promised that? I didn't promise that to you. God promised it. 
God says, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Believe in God, believe in also in me, for in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I told you, I go to prepare a place for you. With that where I am, there you may be also. Hallelujah. Our blessed hope is the, the hope of coming of Christ to take his church out of here. And we're going to live with him forever and ever and ever and ever. You never see a light bill again. You never see a car note. You never see sickness or disease. You never see death ever, ever again. Hey, I don't want to make you shout. <laughs> Woo. That's what we were shooting for. Hallelujah. Put in the things behind us that make us drown us out and look forward for the things that are ahead. Pressing for the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That'll excite you, Amen. Listen, the world is falling apart, but it ain't my world. When the world is in distress and everybody's running around with like some chickens with their head cut off, hey, we don't have to be like that. The world don't have that hope. But you do. <laughs> You do. You do. There's a script in Isaiah 26, 3 says, you will keep him who is, listen to this now, talking about the Lord. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on. How do we get perfect peace? Our mind is stayed on Jesus. <laughs> I don't know if you're getting this this morning, but man, I'll tell you. Praise God. If you want a peace in your heart, your mind stay on Jesus. If you want joy in your spirit, let your mind stay on Jesus. If you want to rejoice in your life and want to overcome all those things that the devil throws at you, mind on Jesus. Jesus is the answer. You know, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I've lost all confidence in the system of this world. I can't put it in the government anymore. They, they've, they've, they lost I can't even put it in preachers today. They're preaching another gospel. A gospel that's not sounded upon the word of God. A gospel of gain. A gospel of, of how much you can get from God, but not how much you can give. Oh, yeah, they want your money, yeah. That they'll tell you about, but they don't tell you how to be free. They think you can buy God out. Just send money, and, and God will give you everything you want. No, that's, that's not how it works, hallelujah. That's not how it works. I'm free through the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let me read this in Psalms 25, verse 16. Turn yourselves to me and have mercy on me. And this is me talking to God. Or if I'd be praying, turn yourself to me, Lord, and have mercy upon me. David is writing this. For I am desolate and afflicted. How many feel like that sometimes? You're like, desolate, affliction. Feel like God's a million miles off. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> Sometimes he's, a, he's way out there. <laughs> You're crying out, God, what's, where are you? Where are you, God? <laughs> For I'm desolate and afflicted. The troubles of my heart have enlarged. <laughs> Bring me out of my distress and keep my soul and deliver me. Hallelujah. What a prayer, huh? What a prayer. Keep me from all distress. Deliver me from my troubles. Hallelujah. How many need to pray like that today? <laughs> I like, in, let me read this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 says, Be anxious for nothing. What that means is don't worry about it. Jesus said it like this Take no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow won't take thoughts for the things of itself. Be anxious for nothing. 
But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. You, you, we never stop to hear the Bible. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. In other words, what he's saying, there's nothing that makes more sense than what, I, what I'm telling you right now. <laughs> there's no greater wisdom, no greater understanding than what he's trying to tell you right here. Be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about it. Listen, I have some children I'm, uh, I'm concerned about. But you know what? I put it in my heart. I, I, what I ask God for to save them, it's going to happen. I got to believe what I asked the Lord for. Amen. I made a request, right? Amen. Don't worry about it, Lanny. I heard you. I just keep seeking. I just keep seeking. I just keep seeking. I keep knocking. I keep seeking. But the answer is already there. You just got to believe me. Mm. Shall be saved. He says, let your request be named, known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. They got a lot of things out there. A lot of wisdom, a lot of understanding. You know, we could go over and over and again. We could talk about the, the great technology we have, we, the great sciences that they claim to have. But this surpasses all understanding. How could I get peace in my trouble? <laughs> Come on, somebody. How could I find rest when I'm facing trials? But he says, don't be anxious for nothing. I didn't write that. The Holy Ghost wrote it. If you're trusting in the Lord, all these things are going to be met. First seek the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. <laughs> That's what the Bible says. How could I have perfect peace in my trial? Because Jesus has it taken care of. He's already paid the price. He's already heard you. When you cry out to the Lord, it's like, like putting a seal on something. Amen? It settles it. That's all. I can, all. I can only encourage you to have confidence in what you're asking God for and believe in what you're asking God for and stand upon what you're asking God for. Why should I worry if, if God already has it in his hands? Come on, somebody. Listen, y'all. Like I said before, I'm not judging anybody because I have the same problem. I'm just... Some things that I'm learning right now, I, I should have learned, and, and it's my fault. I've been reading the Bible for years, but never I stopped to listen to what God is telling me. I thought a lot of times, you know, I'm just so I'm in church, and just so I'm paying tithes, and just so I'm singing and, 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 and doing all those things that I do, then that pleases God. No, God says the only thing that pleases Him in faith. Without faith, it's impossible. To please God. You can go to church till you're blue in the face and thank God you're here this morning. I don't want people to come to church. But if it's just, a, just what, where you put your faith, then you're not pleasing God. And I wonder, I've seen it years and years, and you might be like me. I've watched Christians for years and years struggle, 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 struggle. I was one of them. You hear what I'm saying? Because I let so many things bring anxiety into my life. And God's just telling me, son, why don't you turn to me and ask me? I'll supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Can you find peace if anxiety is in your life? Can you find peace 
if struggles bring you down day after day after day, why? Why should we be at, at war with God? And that's what's happening. When we fail to look at what God says and we struggle in our spirits and fail to accept what God says, we're going to wrestle this till we die. He said you can have perfect peace, which mine has stayed upon you. Peace that passes all understanding, black. Come on, think about that. All understanding surpasses everything you know, everything somebody else knows, all the wisdom of the world. It surpasses that. That's what it said. My Lord. And he goes on, he says, with with guard your heart. You start guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Listen, that's how we protect ourselves. By trusting in the Lord. It, it brings the peace of God, the confidence of God. And, and you know what? Our minds will be at perfect peace. We need to hold to the word of God. We need to hold to what he said. I like Psalms 4.8. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep. <laughs> For you alone, O Lord, make me to dwell in safety. I will lay me down in perfect peace and sleep. Listen, how many like to sleep good at night? I tell you what, I've lost a lot of sleep. Worrying. I said I've lost a lot of sleep with anxiety. Man, I feel the presence of God. Why are we going to trust God's word and trust in what he says? I didn't make this up. It's It's in the word. Like I said many times, I'm only the messenger. Yet I'm not the message. Jesus is the message. Jesus says if you trust him with all your heart, don't lean in your own understanding, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. You're not by yourself. Listen to me. Do you not walk in this walk by yourself? Jesus is walking with you. Come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Come and learn of me, for I'm meek and low, lowly in heart. You'll find rest on this. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for my burden is light. Now watch. And I told people that a lot of times when you're talking about a yoke. A yoke is not a harness. A harness is something you put on one animal. A yoke is something when you put on two animals, right? Jesus is on one side, you're on the other. Follow me. I heard an old preacher say that one time. You know, he had, he had, a, he had a, a, a pair of mules. Talked about a pair of mules. And, and there was a, a G mule and an H mule. And when he speak them, turn here, turn right, turn the H, whatever, how he would do it. They would follow each other. See, you can't yoke a mule. You can't yoke, yoke, yoke a mule and a cow together. <laughs> Come on. You can't, you can't yoke two different animals. It won't work. They're both contrary. They want to go their both ways. What's going to happen? You got to put a mule with a mule. That's why me and Sister Janice stay together. <laughs> we just get so hard-headed just like a mule. <laughs> she knows what I'm talking about. Stop what I'm talking about. <laughs> 
<laughs> you got to yoke the same kind of animal. <laughs> but there's one of them has to dominate. Right? <laughs> they did come out right. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm in trouble now. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Toast bread tonight, that's about it. <laughs> but you can't yoke something opposite from the other. So, so you got one that has to be dominant. The other one's going to follow you, right? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> you can't put a mule in a, in a cow and, or an oxen in the same Things. They're two different animals. But Jesus wants us to be yoked to him. When he says turn, you turn, right? When he says go straight, you go straight. When he says go this way, you go this way. There's one that's going to outpower the other. And I'm going to tell you what. If you're trying to follow Jesus, you ain't going to outpower him. If you try to pull against him, it's going to mess the whole plowing system up. It's going to mess the whole, the whole thing up. Take my yoke. Not take our yoke. Right? Okay. <laughs> Let me go on. I'm in trouble. <laughs> Psalms 91, verse 1 says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Hallelujah. Amen. I will say of the Lord, He is my what? My refuge, my fortress, my God in Him. Will I trust in him? In him will I trust. He's my refuge. He's my strength. He's my hope. You notice something? That, that has nothing to do about your strength. It has nothing to do about your faith. It has to do about Jesus, right? Amen. Listen, I pray over here this morning. I pray every time. Lord, I can't do this without you. Can't pastor this church without you. I'm begging him right now this morning. Lord, please help me. I'm only flesh. When it comes down to, if I get up here and preach my, my, my opinion, oh, you just didn't walk out. I want to know what God says. All right? That's, that, that's my, where I'm at today. And I like this verse in Psalms 119, verse 165. It says, great peace have those who love your law. And nothing causes them to stumble. <laughs> great peace is those that trust in your law. And nothing will cause them to stumble. If you trust God's word today, praise God, look for a victorious walk. Look for a walk that you can have victory in. All right? You can have victory over, over sin. You can have victory over depression. You can have victory over, over the things of this world. Man, I don't know about you, but those words mean something to me. And I'm going to trust them. Amen? I'm going to trust them. Now, Matthew chapter 6, I want you to turn there, okay? I want you to turn there. This is Jesus' words himself, okay? Matthew chapter 6. 
I was thinking about when Jesus was being, you know, when, when Jesus fixed him to get arrested, he was, he was in, in, in the Mount of Olives, he was praying. Now, just because you worry, that don't mean you're lost. All right? Just because you, 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 because we're all guilty then. All right? I think worry and concern, in some cases, you can put together. All right? You're concerned about things. As, 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 a, as a mother, as a, uh, as a pastor, as a, a brother, a sister in the Lord, husband, wife, you're going to worry. Now me, as years ago the Lord has showed me that. When you have concerns and worries, that's where you come to, God, come to the Lord, right? Now if you choose to continue worrying, and to say, well, that's just how I am. I just worry. I'm worried about this, worry about that. You're not going to have peace. And therefore, I could go into sin. Okay? Jesus was on Mount of Olives and he was praying. And do you know the Bible says Jesus sweated drops of blood? His whole body was under attack. He was fixing the face. To pay the debt for the sins of the world. And he's sweating blood as it was great drops of blood, the Bible says. And what was going on in Jesus? His flesh was fighting the will of God. Because he said, Lord, if there's any way this cup can pass from me, let it be. But nevertheless, you're right, not my will, but your will. You know, years ago, Somebody showed me this, and I'm not seeing this gospel. Listen, this, but this was Mount of Olive, where they process olive oil. Okay, they pick olives and they would make olive. Oil. And a press, a wine, a, 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 a olive press was was a rock coming out of the ground, and what it probably had was like a funnel on the, the top. You know what I'm saying? And they had a little hole would go down through it, and it would drain into a cup. <laughs> On the side of the olive press. And, and they, would, they would grind it. And they would, the only thing that wouldn't come out was the, uh, the, well, the, 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 the peelings. or the, We call it in French the grimis. <laughs> but it, it, the thing about it is that it could be possible. And I'm, just, I'm not saying this gospel. Listen, just something I thought about. You know, he was looking at that. One of those olive press. And he saw that cup. And he said, Lord, if there's any way this cup can pass for me, let it be. And to me, I've always, the, the, the lid was the will of God. And the bottom was the will of man. And Jesus is pressed between the two. So when you turn it, it would grind all the olives. And out of it would pour out pure oil. And when he looked at it, he might have said, I'm just saying, Lord, if there's any way this cup can pass from me, let it be. He had to be pressed between two wheels, what he wanted and what God wanted. Right? 
said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will. So don't you feel like sometimes you're pressed between your will and God's will? And that top is turning and it's, it's, it's breaking all that all down and, and all of a sudden that cup is filling up with olive oil. Jesus said, if there's any way, he was, listen, Ray, he was heavy in anxiety. He was, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I might be, people said, Jesus never feared. I'll tell you what, when you're dropping great drops of blood, something was happening. But he made up his mind that he would believe God and trust in the will of the Lord. Because, you know, people don't realize that he was fighting for the souls of men. And he could have gave up right there and said, I'm going to do what I want. And men would be lost today. So he made a decision, Blackie, to obey God. He's facing the sin, death of the world upon his shoulders. My God, I'll preach hallelujah. We're pressed between two things, Yvette. It's to, we're pressed between our will and God's will. Our will says, this makes sense for me to worry. This makes sense for me to have anxiety. This makes sense for me to be all fearful and fretful. But God's will says to trust him. Trust him. And for that, after that time, you see Jesus accepted God's will, and he went on to the cross. Perfect peace. Even though he was being beaten and tortured, he knew what his father wanted, Right? So he had perfect peace, even in the midst of being crucified. Does that make sense? What is he trying to teach us as believers? Even in the midst of your trial, listen to me, I feel the Holy Ghost. You're pressed between what you want and what God wants. What you think and God thinks. But if you submit to the, the will of God, you'll come out pure. <laughs> I feel the presence of God, y'all. Forgive me, hallelujah. You're going to come out. You're going to come out ready for the Master's use. You're going to come out ready to be used of God and have victory. Because He had right there to make a decision. He had to decide whether He was going to believe, He's going to accept God's will or not. Is there any way this can pass from me? It wasn't only one way, and that was to go to the cross and die for our sins. But that was Jesus. I mean, he, he was, no, he teaching us the same thing. That if we accept his will, let me read this to you, okay? You can close your Bible if you want. If you want to look at it, that's fine. Yeah, just give me your Bible open so you don't have to think I'm making this up. All right? <laughs> Therefore, I say unto you, do not worry about your life. Now, I'm reading the New King James, okay? What would you eat, what you shall drink, or about your body, what you shall put on? Is not the life more than food? Or, uh, is not the body more than clothing or raiment? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow, nor they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. You ever seen a bird worry? <laughs> you ever seen a bird worried about what he's going to eat today? Come on, somebody. You ever seen a bird worry about paying his light bill? 
Car note, house note. A bird just sings, black. He, he don't question God. He, he knows it's going to be there. They, they was measuring, I was, I was hearing, one, how many metric tons of food of birds all across the world got to eat. And it's there every day. Metric tons, man. Tons and tons of seed and worms and crickets and whatever they eat. It's there every day. Well, that's a bird. <laughs> Why would Jesus use a bird to, to teach us a, a principle? Huh? What, what is the most peaceful creature you know? A bird. Or a deer. The only thing the deer has a problem with is Ray. Yeah, shoot him. <laughs> but you ever watch a deer in a field with no threats, Ray? <laughs> He's not worried about anything. That's one of the most peaceful animals I, 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 I think I've I, 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 I ever seen. He's just chewing away. He got water not too far away. His food's there. Everything is there. He's not worried about food. <laughs> Bird ain't worried about food. They know God's going to make a way. Don't worry about what you're going to eat or drink or what you're going to put on. It says in... in for the heavenly Father feed him. Are you not more valuable than a bird? Are they? Are you not more valuable than a bird or a deer or a cat or a dog? Or, or you know what I'm saying? You know, when we, we, we domesticate an animal, we ruin it, yeah. Because in that animal is the, 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 the God puts it in the will to survive. Because I got cats at my house, I got too many. Janice loves cats. I'm still praying about it. <laughs> I told Janice, I said, there's too many. We had about 15 of them, man, 20 of them. I said, man, I said, stop giving them food. After you stop giving, feeding them, they start slowly. I want a couple of them, but I watched one the other day. I said, Janice, one of them's got a rat in his mouth. and Because, he's, he's, <laughs> you know, if we keep feeding them, they, they ain't going to learn how to depend on the God-given gift that was given to him. So he had a right in his mouth and he was gone. I didn't give it to him. But an animal, if you domesticate an animal, a lot of times you take away from him the will to survive. So if we go and we have a bunch of birds and, and we just throw seed every day to them, they're going to come in that same spot every day. And they won't, they won't look for, they're going to trust in you, not in God. That makes sense to you? How many of you have been domesticated? <laughs> Come on. We like Walmart and we like uh, Sam and we like. <laughs> this, they, they made us. They, <laughs> the banks and the hospitals and, uh, and I'm not knocking all that stuff. I go there myself. <laughs> but, city <laughs> Damn, I'm getting hungry right now. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we've been domesticated <laughs> to trust man and not God. Oh, Lord, I'm preaching now. I'm almost finished. I think somebody say amen out or something. We've been domesticated, Blackie. I was thinking, and I'm almost finished. I'm going to read the rest of it. You know, the Civil War was bad. Slavery and racism is an awful sin. Now, 
What they're doing with it today is a whole different story. But black Americans suffered, blackie. Their women were shamed. Their children were raped. I mean, horrible things happened. But God rose up a man called Abraham Lincoln. And he signed the Emancipation Proclamation. And what that was, that black Americans are free. But you know how long it took them to realize they were free? Come on. Nobody was driving on their heart. Y'all free, go. Y'all don't have to be slaves anymore. Their masters lied to them and held back the truth. And they stayed slaves for a long time, even after the proclamation was written. Listen, you might be bound up today because you're not accepting what your father done for you 2,000 years ago. You've been made free. You've been emancipated from the devil. There's a proclamation made that you've been made free. How long will it take you to accept that freedom? And realize you're not a child of the devil. You're not bound up anymore. You don't have to live in sin. Hallelujah. You can live free from worry. <laughs> free from the things that haunt you every day. You don't have to accept that anymore. You're free. You're free. You're free. Not free to live in sin. That's not what I'm talking about. But free from the devil's lie. And the poison he's been putting in your ears every day. There's been a proclamation made. God made it through the cross. And when you accept Jesus Christ, Ray, that's what happens. That freedom comes. That proclamation is made. You are free. Nobody can tell a bird he's free, right? He goes where he wants. <laughs> I'm almost finished. Well, I feel the presence of God. Amen. I'll just feel his Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. It's hard to stop when you feel it. <laughs> what he says here. Therefore, do not worry, saying what we shall eat or what we shall drink or what we will wear. All these things do the Gentiles seek after. For your heavenly Father knows you need of all these things. You need all these things. But first seek the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added. Is that a promise? Huh? Is that a promise? Amen. Put your eyes on Jesus, and God will take care of the rest, y'all. <laughs> My Lord. Don't you feel free this morning? <laughs> First seek the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Therefore, do not worry or take fret. Let, you know, let your heart be troubled. Worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow won't worry about its own things or the things of itself. Sufficient for the day it is in its own trouble. We have to concern ourselves with what's happening now. Today, how many of you are sick of disease? No, I don't think none of us. Maybe we got colds and sinus problems, but we, we're not dying, right? What a wonderful day, huh? Come on, somebody. You're not in a hospital. You're not in a casket in some funeral home somewhere. This is a wonderful day. God is good to you. Amen? Hallelujah. One more verse, and I'm going to read it to you. John 14. Chapter 27. Verse 27. Turn to it. I want you to read it. That's it. I promise. That's all I'm going to read you today. Now, I'm going to tell you where I weighed this thing out about worry, okay? Worry is in every heart. There's not a person in here that hasn't committed it. If it's a sin, 
believe it's a sin when we fail to trust God. Right? When you have a, when you, Jesus said, uh, I mean, John, uh, John said it, the tempter is not God, but the devil. See, God can tempt no man to do evil. So, when you're tempted, you're tempted of Satan. Being tempted is not sin, right? Janice just said it, when you yield to it. Worry is not a sin unless you yield to it. Because I'm going to tell you what, everyone in this room is guilty. I'm guilty 50 million times over of worry. But we need to stop ourselves and say, Sister Kathy, God is my protector. God is my provider. Man, I feel the presence of God. God is my strength. If he promised me as a child that I can be freed from this, I'm going to accept his word. Peace I leave with you. What did he leave with the disciples? Peace. Peace. What did he leave with you? Peace. Peace. He's speaking that to us. You know that? That that peace word sounds so peaceful. (laughs) Peace, man. When God did some things in my life last year, and I'm not going to get in there, just, I felt a peace about what he'd done. I felt free. I felt, I, I felt right with God. I felt like I can go on. You can't go far with a, a, a chain and ball dragging behind your feet, right? You can't go. I like the, the Pilgrim's Progress. We watched it last night. He was carrying that big old bag on his, his shoulder. That was sin. And he was trying to find peace. And he would go on, and they had these men that, that would try to tell him, oh, you could do it this way, or you can go this way. You can, and he could never get rid of it. That weight was on him. Religion came and offered him a way to get rid of it, never got rid of it. Men's opinion, men's philosophies offered him a way out, but he could never get rid of it. Till he found Jesus, the cross. What Jesus did at Calvary 2,000 years. The minute he gave his heart to Jesus, all the, the weight came off. The sin debt came off. The weight was no longer there. Peace I leave with you. Peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Somebody again, read the next line. Let it be afraid. You know who said that? Jesus said that. Let not my heart be troubled. But God, you, don't you see what I'm going through? Yes, he does see what you're going through. Don't be afraid. I got it. That's what's good about being a believer. What's good about being a child? I don't have to be afraid. Amen. Listen, I say that a lot, and I believe it's repaying. But if you come and ask me for something, I might tell you no. I'll let one of my children ask me. Come on. You know why? Because I have a covenant with my kids. They get everything I got. And as much as I love you, I love them more. And don't tell me you don't feel the same way. <laughs> I mean, that's your child, right? Chucky, that's your boy right there. That, that, that boy means more to you probably than anybody else. Your wife and him. And the rest of your children. Because that's what you're going to do something for him that you're not going to do for me. Because that's what grace is. He's in your grace. And I look up that way. I said, God feels that way toward me, Sister Kathy, and you, and all of us. 
that when he sees us, he sees that's what grace is. He'll do something for me he's not going to do for that world. He'll give me peace where he's not going to give it to the world because the world is not seeking him. Hallelujah. You are. You're his child. Even when we go astray sometimes, he's long-suffering because he had to bop me on the head a few times. Hallelujah. Man, eh, stop that. Don't do it. Oh, man, you ever, you ever, ever had God tell you something? Oh, man, I can't stand it when God says something. I want it, I want it my way. <laughs> we might not say it with our mouth. We say it with our actions. We fight God. Remember, you press between two wheels. What you want to do and what God wants to do. You just stay there and submit. Let, let, the, let the top grind you. <laughs> let the, the pure oil come out. You don't have to raise your hand, but I know some of you are struggling in here with fears and worry and anxiety. And we can all stand up and agree. Let's stand up. And I want to pray with us today. Why did Jesus come to die for our sins? For what reason? That we, be, we had peace with God, right? And the whole thing about the church as believers. I was telling somebody last night. I said, years ago I, had, I was running a, a big machine and I passed on him and he died. I'm going to tell you right now, if I wouldn't have had the people of this church praying for me, I'll never forget it. My mother-in-law and my, my father-in-law don't know God. And they were coming, trying to console me. I said, well, that was a hard time, seriously. I was, I was hurt. I had to, this is a man I preached to, a man I tried to share Jesus with. And you know what the devil's going to say? Uh-huh, now he's in hell forever because of you. Boy, it was horrible, Sister Gadget. I'm telling you right now. And while me and Janice was going through this stuff, because it affects your whole family. I mean, seriously, you don't. Something like that happens. Man, this man's head was crushed like a melon, man. I mean, the whole, everything was dead. He was dead. And my mother-in-law and brother, my, my, my father-in-law was at, and you know what? While they were there, everybody started calling me. <laughs> Said, Brother Lane, we love you. We're praying for you. Oh, my God. Where would I have been without that? I overcame because of God's people <laughs> that taught me how to believe him. Amen? Amen? That loved me enough to pray for me. If I wouldn't have had that, Ramona, I'll tell you the truth. I, I, I'd, have, I'd, have, I'd have lost it. Yeah. I might have committed suicide if I didn't have that. Because you, you don't do, listen, that was, my God. Sometimes I don't even want to go back that way and think about it. But sometimes it's the testimony that God gives us victory. You talk about feel hurt. You talk about feel anxiety. You talk about feel, I mean, everything the devil can throw, he threw. You know, he could have destroyed my marriage with that. Easy. Because I could have lost my mind. Because of God's mercy, <laughs> yeah, listen to me. Because of God's mercy, I made it. And today I'm here today because of the people of God that prayed for me, put my, my name before the Lord. Bow your heads. You don't have to raise your hands. Please don't do that. I'm going to ask you just a question What is dominating your life today? What fear is dominating your life? What worry is dominating your life today? I'm going to pray, okay? And you just, just, just pray with me. And you tell God, I want peace. I want peace. Say, Father in heaven, I need your peace. 
I need to overcome what is in my life. The troubles and the trials that come against me. Right now, Father, I'm trusting completely in your word. Where it says, let not your heart be troubled. Peace I leave with you. Peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth unto you. I'm trusting you, Father. And Lord, I ask you to give me peace today. <laughs> and help me to accept your peace in my life. Jesus' name. It's yours. Amen. It's yours. I feel the presence. It's yours. Don't let the devil defeat you. It's yours. Don't let the devil bring fret and fear. Listen, when it comes, stand against it. Say, it is written. I'm going to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It is written, devil. I'm going to live out of every word. That, listen, how do I know what God's word is? I got to look at it. I got to go to it. I got to find out what it says about my troubles and what I'm facing. And if God says it, it's settled, it's settled. If God says if you ask him, it's settled, it's settled. It's not going to change. Look, the government's not going to change God's mind, right? Preachers are not going to change. Priests are not going to change God's mind. God's word is still God's word. And that word is for you. Amen. Lord, we thank you for today. I pray that the word went out, Father. We strengthen and encourage our hearts. Lord, as we go out today, Father, give us victory over the enemy. And we've hidden your word in our hearts. That will not sin against you, Father. That we can find victory over the lies of the devil. In Jesus' name.